You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we can spend together. We are grateful, Lord, for to be able to do a work on the sunny side of the cross right now. And that when we do anything to encourage anyone heavenward in any way, you have said that this is laying up treasure in heaven and bringing brightness to our own hearts. We're grateful for that. We thank you. We ask your presence with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share something with you that I carry with me in my Bible. There are certain things that, and it's funny, it's so important to me that I check and recheck to make sure it's still there. Isn't that funny? Do you have anything like that that you do? It's kind of little, it's a little, you know, well. Anyway, I love this. This is from the introduction to Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. And it's incredible because, as I said earlier in the week, if, if we understood the evil that's in this world, it would, it would truly kill us. And the news channels are just flooded with devastating, horrific things in, at, every, at every level. Our evening speakers have spoken of these things. But look at this. And this, this gives me pause. And I, and I cannot tell you that in my earthly realm I understand it completely, but it's beautiful. It says here, Christ can look upon the misery of the world without a shade of sorrow for having created man. I mean, is that amazing? In the human heart, he sees more than sin, more than misery. In his infinite wisdom and love, he sees man's possibilities. I hope you see your possibilities this week. It's really easy to encourage others about their possibilities, but do you see your possibilities? Do you see God's thoughts toward you as being more numerous than the sands of the sea? In his infinite wisdom and love, he sees man's possibilities, the height to which he may attain. He knows that even though human beings have abused their mercies and destroyed their God-given dignity, yet the creator is to be glorified in their redemption. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. Okay, I think it's in the it's in the introduction. Uh, so, what a beautiful thought this morning. Now, we are trying to squeeze so much into an hour, and Evelyn, my beautiful colleague Evelyn Kissinger, who I miss dearly right now, we put these flyers together as to what is going to happen, what's going to we're going to accomplish in an hour. You know, we're going to curb cravings, tame stress, beat the blues, you know, everything but rotate your tires. So, I, I, you know, we can only do so much in an hour. And last night, somebody came up to me. And how many of you were here yesterday for the mindset program? Okay. All about the fixed versus the learning mindset. And this darling woman comes up to me and she said, you know, um, you didn't mention if there's any cure for a fixed mindset. And... <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be torture? If there wasn't, why tell you? If there and so I never got to it. I never got to the slides. So the fixed mindset believes that qualities, disposition, genetics, everything is set in stone. You're born with what you've got. That's it. 
the learner mindset believes that although we have certain limitations, everyone can grow and expand and learn. Okay, so this can be genetically passed on. We teach it to our kids. So the question she asked is, is, is a fixed mindset fixable? What do you think? Okay, so tell me how. Okay, choice says yes. Change that stinking thinking. Yeah, I was actually reflecting on that this morning. I thought some poor soul is going to go out and drown themselves in Dunkin' Donuts if they don't think this through, that God has a solution. Yes, Petra. Exactly. Yeah, learning to be more self-aware, and that's where you were going with the choices. But I, I was reading Psalm 51 this morning, verse 6. And it says, Behold, you desire, God desires truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Is that beautiful? So, yeah, what else? Anybody else? Fixable. How is it fixable? Cooperate with his principles. And, the, and his principles oftentimes are a lot sweeter than ours. Yes. Yeah, by beholding, we really do become changed. That's a beautiful scripture. Thank you. Yes. Yes, it's a really needy state. To, it, it's a very fragile state, and sometimes the most opinionated ones who have the hardest time saying sorry for doing something stupid, they're the ones that are really the most fragile, even though they may not, may not appear that way. So, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on that and just close up on this. Uh, this is a beautiful promise. I will lead them in paths they have not known. These things I will do for them and not what? That's right. Is that better? Is that clearer there? The. So first of all, you've already mentioned all these three. Determine to identify and replace faulty internal monologues. The Bible talks about us being ignorantly alienated from the life of God. Without God, without hope in this world, and he promises in Ephesians 1.16 that he will enlighten the eyes of our understanding. And it doesn't happen just, he doesn't just wave something over us and then we're just amazing all of a sudden. You know the story of the men, the man that saw trees, uh, he saw men like trees walking. Jesus pulls him away from the crowd, says, what do you want? You know, obviously this man is blind from birth and the Lord puts spittle in his eyes, touches his eyes and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see men like trees walking. And Jesus repeats the process and then the man sees clearly. Now, that, that story is there for a reason. Uh, it, we certainly have a perfect redeemer there. We have a perfectly willing person. It, this is private. It's a private audience, but it's a very public story for us. And that is because some things are healed by degrees. Our lives are healed by degrees. So we, are you willing to be patient with yourself as you learn and grow? Is Jesus just standing over here at the end of the process waiting for you to get there? Or is he going to walk with you? as you grow. Amen? Can you have joy in your journey? Yeah, we say that, but, you know. Second, we have to train our mouth to speak God's word instead of untrustworthy feelings. It doesn't mean that we don't share. It doesn't mean we don't have our burdens that we share with one another. But I'm telling you, we have nuclear power under our noses, don't we? And we can literally destroy a whole day or a whole life by the way we speak to ourselves and to others. Or we can speak truth. We have to hold ourselves accountable. 
So choosing a new way of thinking is like learning any other skill. It takes what? Practice. It takes what? Patience. And what's the Bible word for patience? Here is the endurance of the saints. And it takes prayer, and it takes the power of God. China, uh, Manchus, the Chinese sage, said, knowledge imparts information, but not the power to execute. Have you been there? And let's remember, too, that tenderness of spirit can be much more powerful than a, a truckload of talent. And God will work tenderness into your life through the trials that seems almost unbearable at times. It's his divine wisdom that crushes the fragrance out of the rose. Amen? When Dane and I were in first, first in ministry, and because you're family now, I'll tell you this, but this little girl referred to me. She had seen me years before in ministry, and she said, Mama, there's that scary lady. <laughs> I've had enough trouble that I'm not so scary anymore. Praise God. Jesus is the quintessential learner. When you sign up for his school, you sign up to learn. So he says, come unto me, all you who are troubled and weighted down with care, and I will give you what? Rest. Learn of me. You will find rest. So signing up for his school is signing up for a learning experience. You know, you thought when you were done with school, you were through with tests, you were through with study guides, you were through with all that. But really, when we enter into the school of Christ, we're just beginning all over again. But today, this morning, I want to spend a few minutes on habits that, what, last. It's like Jackie Gleason. Some of you remember Jackie Gleason, very, very corpulent uh, comedian. And he said that the second day of a diet is always the best because by then, you're through with it now. <laughs> so it's true. You know, beginnings, I, I love this scripture. I came across this scripture last week in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8. It says, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Isn't that interesting? So beginnings are wonderful, endings are glorious, but it's in the middle that we get in a muddle, isn't it? And so learning how to press and persevere is the key to success. Finishing strong is what we want. Now let me get my note here. I want to share this with you. I, I don't want you to miss any part of this <clears throat> story. All right, finishing strong. This is an amazing story. How many of you have heard of John Stephen Aquari? John Stephen Aquari. You have? Okay, one person in here. He's an it's an amazing story. I wish, I, I wish you had already known about him, seen his image on, uh, on YouTube. You can go and watch this on YouTube, and it's amazing. So in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, John Stephen Aquari was the entry for the marathon from Tanzania. Uh, he was well-practiced. He had won numerous marathons. There was one thing that had not entered into his calculation, and that was the altitude. That was the altitude of uh, Mexico City. And so there were about 75 entrants that entered this race. About 54 finished the race. And about a half a mile into the race, John Stephen Aquari began to cramp up. He began to have oxygen deprivation to his uh, in his calves, and he, he had some terrible pain that he was dealing with, but he kept on. Then he was jostled by the other entrants that were trying to 
get ahead of him and maintain the, the best position in the race, it knocked him over. And when it knocked him over, it dislocated his shoulder and damaged his knee. In, there's a picture of him that I captured off YouTube. And look what he said. I never thought of what? He was a half mile into the race. Everyone expected that he would bow out and everyone would have understood if he did. Now, he may have thought of quitting, but he didn't think of stopping. Now, he, uh, the winner of the race finished the race in two hours and 26 minutes. The crowds of thousands of people began to disperse. The reporters began to leave. And then the word came out that there was still one runner who was still out there. And it was John Stephen Aquari. It was dark. Cars were behind him, lighting the way so that he could finish this race. There was, some of the reporters came back. A few people stayed behind to see. And he is famous throughout the world for the greatest last place finish ever. Nobody remembers who won that marathon, but he has worldwide admiration for doing what? Finishing. And Jesus did not come so far to rescue us, but that he is going to finish what he started in you. He said, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, your growth. He says he will perfect that which concerns you. He understands everything that's misunderstood. It says in Psalm 85 that when he writes up his book, he says, this man was born there. This is his genetic deck. This is his environment. This is what I can do in him. And those who have had the toughest, hardest battle with self, the ones who are the worst no-goodniks, are the ones that are going to be closest to the throne. But Jesus died to get you there, and he died to get you to your finish. I mean, I, all, I wish we all had missionary parents and grandparents and, you know, amazing personalities and no flaws. All right, but there are very few candidates in that category. <clears throat> this is what, when he was asked why, why did you do this? This is what he said. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start this race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Now, God did not call you to start this race. He called you to what? He wants you to finish it. How many of you are going to pledge to finish this race? I don't care how. Here, this is what deliverance looks like. Deliverance looks like you have to go to the hospital and somebody else got their miracle. And deliverance says, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how unfair it seems. I'm going to press. Press into Christ, press into his word, through the trouble, and on to his destiny for me. That's what, that's what deliverance looks like. It doesn't, when Dane and I were called into this ministry, we prayed for 100,000, this is years ago, we prayed for $100,000, a warehouse, a staff, and uh, equipment to run a studio. What we got was a neighbor asking me to show her how to cook rice. 
So every day, you can turn the common things of your day into an uncommon experience. And that's God's will for you and I every day. Amen? So a golden key to unlocking our potential. I think Billy Ray did something to the... It's twisted. A golden key to overcoming addictions and forming new habits is to actively what? Subtract addictive behaviors while intentionally what? Adding positive choice. I remember one time Dane and I were called to do a diabetes weekend in some other state years ago, and we stayed with an overworked, overstressed, overweight oncology nurse, and she had a sign, a picture on a refrigerator of this person with their hair standing out, and it said, I have one nerve left, and you're about to get on it. So we were really careful. But she... Here's this woman who had us come to do this, and her whole house, she decorated everything in her house with candy. There were candy dishes everywhere. So you know, we, have to, we have to create an environment that is going to call us in a positive direction. Amen? So what are the growth building blocks I want to discuss with you this morning? Number one, we've got to get our goals in order. Get them in order. Identify your goals, get them in order, internalize, and what? Practice. So practice not only makes permanent. Remember, practice makes progress. The attitude factor. We're going to discuss that for another moment today. Creating connections with God and with each other. And today I want to land on situational awareness. And that is, I should have gotten that out. Would you find my page on situational awareness in there? There's a hint. Oh, never mind. It's right here. <laughs> okay, people, I'm really getting tired. Okay, just hope I don't get crabby. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, your brain does turn off after a while. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. All right, so this is, this is reasonable. This is what we want to look at today. We want to look at habits that last. Number one, get your goals in order. So the Bible says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be what? Ellen White says it's not the occasional deed or misdeed, but the general trend of the life. Now, we're not minimizing the fact that sin hurts, <clears throat> but we've got to create a trajectory of growth and stick to it no matter what. And so I don't think there's anything that the devil fears more than that we become stable and consistent. He doesn't mind if you have an amazing day once in a while, so long as you just mess up enough so that you get no traction whatsoever in your spiritual life, right? <clears throat> so a list is a really good thing, and of course scientists study everything. We've all, well some of us, have put the, the, the grody picture on the refrigerator to remind us, the stern note on the mirror to tell us how to behave. Um, <clears throat> how long is it before you don't see it? How many days does it take to not see the picture and not see the note? Anybody want to guess how many days? About 12 days. About 12 days. We don't even see it anymore. So a list is a great starting point to create a template for growth and change to organize our choices and priorities for daily practice. Somebody said that good is the enemy of best. We need to start paring down or we will wear down. Good, we're doing a lot of good things, but we can wear ourselves out and never get to the most important things. 
And your brain actually organizes you that way. When your brain is so tired, uh, like mine is getting, it will not let you do high cognitive tasks. So you sit down to do that hard project, and your brain, your executive brain, will shut you down. So I've had this happen. I sit down to do research or whatever it is, and ah, oh, hangnails. Who can do research with hangnails like this? If you go in the bathroom, you take care of the hangnail. This bathroom, it's just, I've got to be clean. I cannot focus until I get this, because the queen might show up for lunch, you know. <laughs> so then you go back to the office. You've wasted time. You're getting more tired. Now you just answer frivolous emails. And then, you sign, then you're worried about yourself when you sign up for an ex expensive time management class and you really just needed a nap. <laughs> so you have to remember that Elijah, when Elijah ran, panicked and ran, he needed two meals and two naps before the Lord would even speak to him. So we have mechanical issues to deal with. We have to live in obedience and underneath the beautiful program of God, and it's more gentle than we are sometimes. Amen? So, organized choices and priorities. So here's the, here's the rub. Are you living your life by a list, or has that list become a life? If you're living your life just by a list, it's gruesome. It's tyranny. Your to-do list can become a tyrant until it becomes a life principle within you. So with time and practice, it can actually become a joy, not a job to live life-building principles. Isn't that good news today? That his thoughts can become our impulses, and it's a joy to get into the God habit, the worship habit, the walk habit, the being polite habit, the not interrupting habit. Oh, Nicole, I'm so sorry for every time I've interrupted you on this thing. Where is she? Working on it. So these are habits. These are habits so that I don't have to grab a table leg and plead with God for the courage and strength and will to brush my teeth every morning. I mean, it's a habit. On a good day, what do you do? You brush your teeth, right? On a bad day, what do you do? You brush. So we want the God habit. We want the lifestyle habit where we're not constantly consulting our feelings. The question every day is not, am I going to exercise? It's when and where. That's from Evelyn Kissinger. She, she looks sweet and kind all the time, but she's tough. You try to tell her you're not going to exercise. So here, this is an amazing story. This is from a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Atomic, what kind of habits? When we think atomic, what do you think? You thought what? Okay, well, that's not what I meant. <clears throat> that was the wrong question. When you think of atomic level, atomic level cellular, what do you think? Cellular atomic, subatomic, molecular, what do you think? Tiny. <laughs> okay, so I just planted what I wanted you to say. <clears throat> so James Clear wrote this book called Atomic Habits, and he was a and a high school athlete who was on the way to the big leagues. He was a baseball player, just had incredible skill. He was hit, it was an accident, but he was hit in the face with a baseball bat. <clears throat> it crushed his face, crushed his brain. He was in the hospital for three months. He literally had to learn to move, to walk, to talk, how to think again. It, it was just grueling for him to get his life back. 
he got it back to the extent that he could go back to college, that he could go to college. And he actually, step by step, thought at a time, movement at a time, effort at a time, he actually became an all-star athlete. He, he received prizes for this. In, in, inter, what do they call it when it's inter, with the schools, where they're all, whatever. Yeah, he became, he got an award. He got an award for being an all-star athlete. And this is what he learned, and this is what the book is about. Some people, and it's very easy to do this, are goal-oriented. They're outcome-based. Their change is outcome-based. I am going to lose 50 pounds if it kills me. That is my goal. I am going to read a book a month because it's good for me. Now, I hate reading, but I have set a goal for every day, or I hate exercise and healthy food, but I've set this goal and I'm going to do it, and it's going to transform me at every level. Now, can that kind of thing be transformational? Well, certainly it can. If you've never stuck to anything in your life, we have uh, prisoners that they received a a certificate for going through a Bible study or for getting into some program and finishing it. And it's the first thing they've accomplished in their life that hasn't been interrupted. It, it can be transformational. So I'm not dissing this. And we do want goals. The, the process is how I get there. Now, when I run obesity programs, oh, somebody, they'll, somebody was, is going to come under great conviction and be very excited. And they'll come up to me and say something like this. That's it. I'm only going to have steamed millet every day for breakfast, six frozen grapes for dessert. I'm going to exercise two hours a day from now on. How long do you think that's going to last? <laughs> Till they don't see my face. And I'm certainly not telling anybody to do that. So the process is how you get there. It's, it has to be realistic. It has to be doable. You have to be able to live with it. And when we set goals, like daily steps goals, I really like what Dr. Zeno was sharing about how just 12 minutes uh, can really produce change. It's not that we want that to be our ultimate goal, 12 minutes, but if all you have is 12 minutes, don't think it's nothing. It's something. That's a good way to think about it. So I've set a goal to read a book. Well, let's get to the next one. The, the lasting change comes through identity-based change. And it requires a new heart. So identity-based change says, I'm going to become a reader instead of I'm going to read a book a month because I know it's good for me and I have to do it. And this is what I feel like I need to do. I mean, that's a good thing to think. But then you set a goal for so many chapters a day. What's going to happen some days? You're not going to get that done. Set a, you set a goal for so many steps a day. And what's going to happen some of those days? And so every day you're thinking, I failed in this goal. I failed. I didn't get a chapter. I only read a paragraph. So forget it. What's the, what's the use of reading a paragraph? Because I didn't get my chapter goal done. And then before you know it, you just go to Chuck E. Cheese and give up the whole thing and go back to doom scrolling. <clears throat> so identity-based change says, and I have a friend who's a pastor's wife. She had 80 pounds to lose. And she did this thing. I'm going to lose those 80 pounds if it kills me. And she did. She didn't die, but there were probably times her family wasn't too pleased with her. But anyway, she was miserable, 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 miserable. She reached her goal. Guess what she had learned? How to be miserable. 
She did not have an amazing personality change. It wasn't glorious. She didn't all of a sudden know how to deal with failure and problems and stress because she had only focused on one thing. So when you, when you have an identity-based change, I'm going to become a fit person. And so every day you're focused on how many steps did I get rather than how, many, how far short did I fall. Is that the Bible says the path of the justice is a shining light that shines what? More and more to the perfect day. So you can walk with Jesus and the joy of growth. Does that sound like a better formula? Identity-based change changes who you are, not just what you do. It's so important because then we know how to turn every setback into a comeback. So as positive choices become a part of you, they become automatic. How many of you haven't ridden a bicycle for a while, but you know how to ride a bike? If you got on that bike, you'd know what to do. Oh, you may be a little wobbly. But once something becomes part of you, it's part of you. And that's the beautiful thing about the way God designed us. They become core values, not just beliefs. That's huge right there. Just because I'm in agreement with what I hear, whether it's doctrinally or lifestyle or whatever, I'm in agreement with those things. But I want those to be part of my DNA. And Sherry is here somewhere. Are you, are you there? Sherry, is it tomorrow you're bringing the reading list? It's there. The reading list is there? I don't want to turn into a school marm, but I'm tempted to make you take one of those lists. The list that I have back there is like the most beautiful, our foundational books by our pioneers that we need to be Im immersed in the beauty of our message. Amen? Immersed. And so instead of just agreeing with it because of what the pastor says or the evangelist says, we've got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper, and that's what those books are all about. All right, <clears throat> so if you fall, you know how to get up. You know how to try again because it's value to you now. It's, it's, it's not about keeping a list. It's about the life that God is birthing in you. Your values have become a life, not a list. So here is from his book. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of what? Making small improvements on a daily basis. That's how growth really happens. It's not very glamorous. Like I said the other day, it takes a lifetime to become an overnight sensation. So internalize and practice. Practice healthy choices, when? Morning, when else? Yes, when else? Night. Okay, I wanna finish this up I want, um, oh, I, I'm hurrying. We'll get this done. Trusting God and practicing the keys to victory are going to help you recover lost ground and do what? Stay the course. That's what I want for you. I don't want you to walk out of here just having everything perfect. You're not going to. But I want you to stay the course until God perfects in you what his plan is. <clears throat> You're going to need determination, prayer, and a plan. But your body and brain will daily respond to those changes. The attitude factor. It's a little thing that makes a, let's say it together out loud, 
Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Remember this, attitude is the librarian of your past. It's the speaker of your present, and it's the prophet of your future. The thing that's so beautiful about that story of the three worthies is that when they were in the fiery furnace, God released them, the ropes were burned off, and when they got out of that furnace, they didn't stink of smoke. And I don't want to stink of my past experience. I don't want my filters to be so clogged that I can't have a new experience, have a new life, have a new ability to trust and move forward. And God will work that in you. There is a way that appears to be right, but it leads to death. It's a rough road. <clears throat> so don't give up, get up when you have challenges. Now, connecting with God and others, he has created you for healing healthy relationships with him and others, and this cannot be replaced with any other substitute. Keep, make, hang out with people that love God and keep his commandments for your close friends. Now, I'm going to close with situational awareness, and if I can't do my little oatmeal recipe, I, that's fine. I'm sorry, but I'm going to just hurry. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I told her to keep a good clip, you know, really, seriously. Little situational awareness needed here. <clears throat> okay. This is an amazing story. How many of you have heard of the Granite Mountain Hotshots? Nobody. Okay. So situational awareness, what is it? It's being alert to your surroundings and what you don't see in the moment and for the future. Not just warnings, but also opportunities. So remember, we are in a war zone. We're in a battleground, not a playground. And we have to become vigilant and stay vigilant. It's your environment, the battleground. Your environment, uh, what surrounds you and what is inside of you, your internal environment. The culture is what pressures you. Your biology is what changes you. What begins as a curiosity or a comfort soon becomes a compulsion, then a condition, and then a heavy chain around the neck. That's the path of addiction. Your brain is what drives you, and the spiritual is who leads you. We have to fight smart in every one of these areas. So the Granite Mountain Hotshots were a group in... Um, uh, What's the name of the book? Prescott. Prescott, Arizona. This was in 2013. These were 300 elite firefighters that were specially trained for the most difficult fires. Eric Marsh was their leader. They were called at 5.30 in the morning, uh, <clears throat> June 30th, to a fire on a chaparral ridge. They went to the ridge. This is the ridge. I'm going to go back. Uh, on the, once on the fire line, Marsh set his team to work while he scouted out the fire. So noticing a shift in the weather, he sent one of his firefighters back down the mountain. The, the men had moved into an area called the Black, which is ash area that had already burned out. He was walled in on three sides by granite. The fire shifted and disappeared behind the ridge. It disappeared behind the ridge. It looked safe. He had two choices. He could either get the men out or go toward town. Through a series of errors and missteps, he got those men wedged in, and the, the wind changed, the fire showed up. Those 19 men in their fire tents, their aluminum fire tents, were consumed in a moment. The fire was so great that the three walls of the granite mountain uh, turned to eggshell. They cracked. 
So they lost situational awareness. So descending an additional 500 feet through the thick chaparral, Marsh and his team found themselves in a basin walled in on three sides. It was an extremely dangerous place. They did not watch the signs. They had no means of escape. So the worst thing happened, it ripped toward them, consumed them. Marty Cole, who was a friend of the leader and a safety officer said, Eric was too good a wildland firefighter to have led his team into this situation, and yet he did. And God wants us to have situational awareness, amen? There is a way that seems right. This is a memorial to these beautiful men who lost their lives because they lost situational awareness. And let's put this down to the micro level. You go to the store. For years, when you buy the package of cookies, you, eat, you go home, you're going to eat two. You eat the whole sleeve. Okay, this is, you have evidence. You have a history. So, but then, no, this is going to be different. This time when I buy it, it's going to be different. We lose situational awareness in a moment, and we can just bomb out a whole day because of it. So remember your past. Recognize old traps and triggers. Recalculate and act on a new and better choice. Amen? Amen. Reach out in prayer and to others for strength to conquer. Situational awareness will make you watchful. I want you to read the yellow part. Watchful, but not... It will make you aware, but not... It will make you sensitive, but... It will make you dedicated, but not... It will make you open, but not... It will make you focused on Christ, but not... Amen. That's what good situational awareness does. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand in the evil day. Sometimes you can't even take an advanced step, but you can stand right where you are. Having done all to do what? To stand. Take your stand for Christ today. Thank you for your time. And now I'm going to invite Nicole to come up and do her thing. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, let me move my mic a little bit more. Thank you, Vicki. That was amazing. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you again this morning. And speaking of the Atomic Habits book, I actually have that book also, and it is amazing. So speaking of identity, are you ready to be well and be whole? Yes. I cannot hear you. Are you ready yes. to be well and be whole? Yes. All right, so I have some quick recipes that I want to cook with you today. So it's a walnut taco meat that we're going to make today, which is one of my favorite things. We like to pack it with flavor, make it easy, and I'm going to start it off by using um, walnuts that have been soaked overnight. And so you can let it soak for four hours if you're in a, in a, in a rush, but really all you have to do is put water and walnuts, you can put it in the refrigerator you know, wake up next day and then you have them. And once you make this, you make it and it's done and you can use it in multiple dishes. Um, today we're gonna use it for tacos. You can also put it in burritos. You can also put it in a stir fry. You can put it for your breakfast. There's, you can use it multiple ways. So this is the concept cooking. And so essentially what you'll do is put these um, soaked walnuts into the food processor. This is uh, 12 ounces. Let me make sure I, I, I'm saying it correctly. What does it say? Yes, exactly. One pound, 12 ounces. And there's also recipe, uh, 
wait, we what? are so precision here. Okay. I'm telling you, <laughs> just. <laughs> so, so yes. Yeah, so you can go ahead and put about 12 ounces of the soaked walnuts. It's it's so there so it's one pound is equivalent to twelve ounces. No. Okay, so I guess with the package that I get, it says one pound, and then it also says twelve ounces on it. Um, so I don't know what what that is. Okay, so yes, get that. <laughs> Get that, yes, get exactly what you, what you have found. That is excellent, I love that. Okay, so we have... It's confusing because there's by weight and there's by volume. There is, yeah. And that's the confusing part. So yes, please follow your initial instinct and get that. Thank so you. We have <laughs> that's exactly the way I think. So, overnight, uh, overnight, you soak it overnight or you can let it soak for four, four hours, you know. And then next, I'm going to add about a third cup of water. Oops. Now I'm going to replace a little bit with this. And the next thing I'm going to add is taco seasoning. I will also add um, sun-dried tomatoes, which are really excellent. It's, they're intense. They have a really intense flavor. And so that is an excellent thing to add. So I will take this and you can, um, what I like about it is very potent, it's a little sweet. So I, I will add this into our mixture as well. And the next thing I'm going to add is lime juice. Uh, juice from one lime. And if you don't have a lime, you can also get lime juice that's already in a bottle like this. I'm just eyeballing it, but you can actually just use one lime. Next, I'm just going to put it in my processor and let it boil. And sometimes during it, you might want to just stir it a little. Just check in on it. And when you are actually blending it, you want to make sure that you don't blend it too much so it becomes mushy. Um, you still want it to have some texture to it. It looks delicious. Just a handful of nuts, any kind, even peanuts, and they're not nuts, cuts your uh, risk of a heart attack by 50%. Yeah. And a handful of walnuts is going to give you 1,200 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. Absolutely fabulous. It's so good here. for you, especially if you um, are prone for diabetes or if you have um, you're interested in weight loss. It's really great to have this as opposed to processed meats. So I really enjoy this. Okay, so now, did you see how long that took? Yeah, did, that, that uh, didn't turn to cream, did it? Is no. it still chunky? It's still chunky, yep. It's gorgeous. And so then I also mix it with the top so it can have a mix of those that, you know, so I want to see if we I can zoom that. in. Where are we? Right here? There we go. There it we smells go. great and I'm over here. Yes. And I can't even actually smell it, but you can just tell. <laughs> She can see it. She knows. She knows. 
So now for my next step, um, you can actually just have it raw, which is one way. If you also, bless you, also if you would like to have it, yes, question. Her question, I'm going to repeat to you for recording, her question is, have I ever made a burger with this? You definitely, I made a sandwich with it. You can definitely, I, I put it on bread, I have had lettuce, bread, and have that right on top of it. Have so a super slaw yep. pita pocket with pita, that yep. for the protein component. So wow. now I'm going to put a little bit of extra virgin cold pressed olive oil in the skillet, or extra virgin olive oil, and then I'm going to add it, um, and I'm going to brown it. So you can either eat it just as is, or you can brown it. Okay, so you can have this raw, yep. so to speak, or you can transform it by browning it a bit, and that would de probably deepen the flavor a little bit. Yes, and the one thing with the heat, um, it does kind of take away a little bit. So what I also do when I'm, if I decide to brown it, only if I brown it, I'll add a, a little extra taco seasoning. But if not, you can eat it as is, and you can adjust the seasonings once you're browning it. Yes, question. Yeah, you just soak it in a water. Yes. Yeah, the, so the third cup of water will go in the blender, and when you soak them overnight, you put as how much, however much water you need to submerge it. Thank you for that clarification. Yes. So now you can see that. Can you smell it a little? I wish you guys could. Okay, awesome. It is one of my favorite things. One of my friends, she's a dear friend of mine, and she also, she eats meat. And when she had this, she was like, oh my goodness, I love this. So this is a really great, I think this is. I, I just have to come over to smell Yeah, please. <laughs> come on over, Vicki. Yes. Oh, that's just wonderful. I want some uh, for lunch. Okay, yes. Order right there. We've got it. The next thing, as that's browning, I want to share with you, I use uh, corn tortillas. And so I just toast it. An easy way, if you're on the go, you can put it in your toaster as you're doing this. Just take it out, and, um, and or you can put it in a skillet and just, just allow it to cook enough so it just puffs up a little bit. And then you have a corn tortilla. The next thing that I, I like to do um, with it is, so now it's done. The next thing I will do with it is take the... I'll take some slaw. Corn tortillas are excellent if you have, um, if you're trying to lose weight in the sense that they're less carbs, it's less processed, less calories. Also, it, it is less likely to spike your blood sugar levels. So I'll put a little bit of uh, slaw there. And the next thing I'll do is I'll put some walnut meat. Okay, hold on one second. I'll take some walnut meat and put it in here. And then I'm going to use that avocado sauce from yesterday. And do you think you'll have the energy to get your steps in after this? Yes. Yes. Beautiful. All right. So here is the avocado taco. Oh, that's lovely. Yum. Praise the Lord. Yes. All right. And you know, there, there are these lovely mild um, salsas, like the Pace mild salsas, that would be delicious on that as well, wouldn't they, Nicole? 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. You can use any type of sauce you'd like. Um, mild sauces are great. This. Okay. All right. All right. So for our next dish, we're going to do. Does um, this freeze? I'm sorry. Does, does this freeze? Can yeah, you make you can a batch it. and freeze it? Okay. Yes. That's good. Thank you. And freeze it in small containers so that you don't have to undo the whole thing every time. And I also just want to praise the Lord for Stacy. She's actually a board member for Be Well, Be Whole. And also John for helping with everything. So if you guys can give them a round of applause. They're doing an amazing job. All right. So next I'm going to use um, Brussels sprouts. Very simply. All that I did with this, for the sake of time, I just blanched it prior to to coming here. So what does that mean? I put it in boiling hot water for about three minutes, and then you can transfer it over to, uh, to cold water, and then you're done. So that's like three to five minutes total. Then after you're done with that, I'm going to put a little bit of olive oil in a pan, or you could cook with water. If you don't want to use uh, oil, you can cook with water, which is excellent. So I'm going to put a little olive oil. The next thing I'm going to do is take the... Um, How many of you already love Brussels sprouts? Put your hand up if you love Brussels How many of you are learning to love them? Put your hand Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> they pretty do good. have a bitter taste. Um, one of the things that I, I like about Brussels sprouts is that you can dress them up. They're very filling and yeah. packed with fiber. So I'm going to put the Brussels sprouts in here. And they really sweeten too. Yeah. Especially if you get the young one, the little ones. And the next thing I'm going to add is some liquid smoke for a nice smoky flavor. Could you use smoked paprika for that if you yes. can't find? Because I've never paprika. found liquid yep. smoke. Do you get it at the grocery store? Yep. Yep. It's yes. in the condiments. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I that's why I use smoked paprika. Yep. Right next to like barbecue sauce or ketchup. Yep. Then I'm adding a little bit of liquid aminos. I will also add some nutritional yeast flakes for a nice Very nice cheesy. combination. Isn't it nice to watch the combinations of these uh, seasonings? Yes. And you, okay, so you, you all know that I do like garlic. So mind you, you can remove it if you don't, but I'm also gonna use some garlic powder. More. <laughs> you said more? Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'm not alone over here. So now I'm just going to toss it together. It's very simple. If you want um, more liquid, you could always cook with more water. So all I'm doing right now is really just tossing it together for the seasoning. You can, the next thing I'm going to add is some sun, I'm going to add some diced tomatoes that were from the can. So it's very, it has a little bit of acidic and sweet flavor to that. So you can have this as a side for any dish. You could eat this whole, you can put it in a wrap, you can use this multiple ways. Once this gets cold, could you put a little lemon juice on it and have it as a salad? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's an excellent idea. And this is essentially, and it'll just cook down a little bit more. And you can also add Himalayan salt at, just to, to accent the flavor, but this is optional. You don't need it. And that is it. Beautiful. This Thank is. You so much. There you go. All right. Can you see it? Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right, yes. I just have one thing I want to show you quickly. Oh, 
Let me move this out of your way. It's, it's really, I'm sorry to have to do this by proxy, but it's very nice. Yes. Okay, got it. What I would do with this taco recipe, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say beans are a great alternative. Bulgur wheat. Bulgur wheat. You can make a bulgur burger. Mm -hmm. email, my secretary, email my secretary with my assistant while she runs everything. The boss. <laughs> for, the, for the burger delight recipe. You can do this with bulgur wheat. It's fabulous. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah, that's good. All right. So, this little rice cooker is the. There was a young man here that asked about the drawing. Is he here today? He's having. I think he's at work today. Does anybody know who that fella is? He's been sitting over there. I wanted to. Okay. Oh, thank you. All right. So this rice cooker. <clears throat> it's already on, so it's a little warm. <laughs> You can do quinoa in it, millet, all kinds of grains. I love this breakfast. This is just uh, Irish oats, steel-cut oats, and I have a little unsweetened coconut in there. And putting it in here, I don't know how much that is, but I've done this enough. So this is most, makes the most fabulous breakfast to have these Irish oats. Very great source of fiber. Now, instead of putting sweet potato and instead of doing, what, what did I do before? rice. It's the Irish oats, and this is just some apple cut up in big pieces. I love to keep the skins on, and I'm putting a little bit of mixture of nutmeg and cinnamon just to give it an amazing aroma and a light flavor. I put a dash of salt in the oats already along with the coconut, um, and now I'm just going to add the water, and when you steam the apples this way in large pieces, it's like baked apple. So you're preparing baked apple to go with your oats. It's delicious, absolutely delicious. So now I'm going to guess how much water. That looks about right. And just enough. That's how much you put. Somebody's going to write a letter about this. But if we're going to do a program, we better be more scientific. So let's watch how hard this is. Ready? One, two, three, go. It'll stay warm for you. Uh, it's delicious. And what do you think? How many of you, do you know, I wanted to get a, I, I decided yesterday, that young man who asked about the drawing on Friday, I felt so bad because he wasn't going to be here. You have to be here for the drawing. And I felt terrible. So I, I ransacked this county to find another rice cooker. And I got it for him. I need to find him. He's the one that was sitting over there with the hat and the glasses and the long hair. Do you know who he is? Well, maybe it's not long, but tattoos? He always comes on Fridays. Does he? No, he can't. He has to work. Anyway, he's, that's why. Anyway, if you see this guy that was sitting over there, I've got a rice cooker for him. So, yeah, I just don't know who he is. It does its own thing. That's the thing I love about it. It's going to cook. And you'll hear a little click. It doesn't sing a song to you like my one from Japan. It, it, it just clicks, and it goes into warm, and it stays warm. Oh, this? Oh, thank you. I, I understand the question now. Um, 40 minutes. I found they are usually, 
I don't know what people have been doing around here, but they are usually at Walmart, Myers, where else? Kohl's, Target. And I found one, and the, the box, I think it's so beat up, but the, but the inside is perfect. It's got Amazon one of these. Who? Amazon. Amazon has them for 20. Yeah, they're on, yeah, they're easy. Yes. Celiac, you can use millet, you can use rye, you can cook any grain you want in here. Yes, when it's through cooking, if you put the, the correct water ratio, it will cook for you until the water grain ratio is correct. So that's the thing I like about it. And you can ruin something one, once in a while, um, but you will learn. All right. That was not very precise, but let's stand up and have prayer and enjoy the rest of the day and be thankful in our hearts to God. Amen? All right, would you? Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be well and be whole. We thank you for the opportunity to have a growth mindset. We ask that you would bless us for all those things in between. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.